Hi, I'm Joy Taylor, and this is the Second Wind Podcast. What's up, Second Win family? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Second Win Podcast. I'm Jay Mills here with Gio, of course, my co-host. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, comment. We appreciate all the love. Today, we have one of the most brilliant and talented individuals in sport media with us here today. She is the host of The Speak on FS1. Thank you, Joy Taylor, for joining us today. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm geeked. I mean, we was just watching you on FS1 talk about LeBron and Dylan Brooks beef and talk about oh. if, if the Clippers can win without Kawhi Leonard. And I'm like, damn, she still made time to come show love to the second win. We so, appreciate you know, that. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. So starting off, like you're from Pittsburgh, right? And everyone I know from Pittsburgh reps Pittsburgh like like y'all gang. <laughs> And you're one of those people who always wears Pittsburgh on your chest and you wear it with pride. What does being from Pittsburgh mean to you? Uh, it is a it is a gang. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I think wherever you're from, you know, you have you kind of carry the spirit of that with mm -hmm. you. And it's it's unique, obviously, whether you're, you know, from the South, you're from Pittsburgh, you're from Cali, you sort of just have that energy built into you. And to me, Pittsburgh is a very, you know, it's a blue collar place. It's a very, it's a very simple place, but it's a hardworking place. Right. And we have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder about how we go through life. Like it's not, I don't know, can I cuss on here? You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, you good. Um, it's just kind of like a no soft shit mentality, right. you know, like no excuses, and you you know you just make it happen right and that that's in some ways you know maybe not the you got to evolve right. in some ways yeah. past that but i i think that's a that's a connecting fiber like you meet someone from pittsburgh you feel like you met a real person mm -hmm. you know you met somebody who's going to keep it real who isn't um you know putting on for any reason yeah and you kind of just inherently trust them mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people from pittsburgh and when i meet other people from pittsburgh or if I, people find out i'm from pittsburgh like they'll think I'm from a certain place, and they're like, "Oh, you're from Pittsburgh." Like, wait, what? Y'all got oh, okay. y'all got accents, and I did not know that. So I I feel like I skipped the Pittsburgh accent. It's crazy. I've never. Yeah, I don't hear but no a, accent. But a lot of my family has the accent. It's, it's really? a it's a deep rooted yeah. accent. It's like, crazy. These guys going down to the. Uh, yep. I feel like everybody. We're going down to the stadium, get some irons and that south side. Yep, that's how they talk, just like <laughs> yeah. that. South side. What? That's how they talk. Go to south side, get some irons and that. That's, how they talk. That's, yeah. that's that's insane. We don't like don't really finish the word at all, <laughs> at all. When I was in training camp with the Steelers, I'm just like, bro, why do you guys have accents for? Like, <laughs> I don't know. everyone has accents. We do, I, I, yeah, I don't have an explanation for the accent, but it, it's just we have a another language. Also, like well, we have words that don't everyone doesn't use, like a buggy. You know what a buggy mm, is? No, nah, what's that? It's a shopping taxi? cart. Nah, that's punch a buggy. buggy. Is a shopping nah, cart. That's, um, that's cap. a gum bands mm. is a rubber band. No, no. y'all just making up like, words. Y'all just making up like, random just shit now. I don't even like pop, uh, pop. You know, pop is pop soda. Yeah, soda. yeah okay, okay, cool. Yeah. cool. Like soda pops. So that's not that far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have some we have some made up words as well. It's a whole it's a whole language. That's funny that you noticed that. But I know. Yeah, I, I noticed I, all that. I did manage to skip the accent 
but it, it definitely is in my family for sure. So I can understand it. <laughs> right. I feel like everyone always reps where they're from so hard. Like this guy's from Connecticut and he's always talking Small about Connecticut. state. Like, I got who to. Who wants to go to Connecticut? See, Nobody ever. That's see, they're not about to try to play in my state, Kayla. Like, Come on. Nobody ever wants to go to Connecticut. No. But um, moving on. So early on, you know, you went to IUP, right? Shout out to PSAC. And then you went to Barry, right? And then you got an internship and you kind of worked your way up the ranks. And at Barry, you talked about how you learned a lot of vital stuff that you use now today in broadcasting. Um, you ended up at, you know, Undisputed and then FS1. What would you tell young Joy Taylor, you know, just walking into her first day at her internship about this industry and everything that you've learned to this point? Ooh, um, don't trust everybody for sure. And to really appreciate each step of your career. I think as young people, you have a really otherworldly confidence, right? Like sometimes I'm like, damn, you know, you look like a picture of your younger self. Well, I don't know. Like I was looking back like, <laughs> damn, I thought I was fat there. I look the fuck good. What was wrong with me? You have this real confidence about yourself when you're, when you're young, which is, which is great. Like they say youth is wasted on the young, but you're not necessarily ready for the opportunities that you think you want all the time or that you think you're ready for. Like there's no way at 22 I could do what I'm doing now. All I just, right. I didn't know enough. I felt if you asked me, I'd be like, hell yeah, I could do that. Like I'm, <laughs> the I'm, confidence. Yeah. How could, how could I not do that? But you need the experience and every step can feel like sometimes it can feel like you're not, you're being passed over or it's not adding value and if you have that mentality, you can lose out on some of the lessons that you should be learning in that moment that you could be taking advantage of. Right. So things happen when they're supposed to happen. Everything that's meant for you will come to you. And I know that's very cliche, but as you move through your career and as you move through life, you can look back on opportunities. I'm sure you guys have both experienced this where you've heard no. And in the moment you're like, it's over. Like there's nothing else. Absolutely. It's the biggest disappointment. You put everything into this and it didn't work out. And it's just like, where do you go from here? Mm -hmm. The biggest no's in my life have gotten me to where I am now. Like, I'm so grateful That's amazing. for some of the no's. And in the moment, I was mad. But now I look back like, thank God they said no to me. If I was there, like, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. They would have stuck me in this situation. They would have put me in this role. It would have kept me from all these other opportunities that the no steered me from. So... I, I there's definitely moments where I would go back and pay more attention to what I was supposed to be learning in those times. And I appreciate every step now, but be a little more present, you know, enjoy, enjoy the process. Yeah. You think those situations made you more patient and learned and like you learned patience throughout that time? I don't know if I would describe myself as a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could say patient, but it does make me more present now. Mm. There are moments when I get a new opportunity or I achieve something where I'm able to take a step away from it and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to really experience this. Like at the Super Bowl in Miami, which was three years ago, which sounds, seems crazy. Like we've lived like 10 years <laughs> in the last three years. Literally. But that was a moment where I consciously said to myself, I'm going to be present this week. You know, Super Bowl yeah. week is insane. Wild. There's stuff going on every second of the day. You're being pulled in a million different directions. You have to be at 15 different events a day. And then on top of that, I'm doing the show. 
But we were doing the show live from South Beach. We had these massive sets that the, stu the studio and the network had built for us to do the show live from South Beach. Obviously, I went to school at Barry. My brother played for the Dolphins. I lived in Miami for 10 years. That's where I started my career in radio. So it was a really a full circle moment to be able to come back there on the herd and do the show you know, yeah. from South Beach sure. all week long and to do everything else that we had planned that week for the Super Bowl. So I really made a point to say I'm going to soak all this in. Like I'm going to really think about what I'm experiencing and enjoy this and not blur through the week because this is an important moment and it's going to be something that I remember and I've worked really, really hard to get this opportunity. Yeah. So now having gone through all those other situations that might have taught me patience, it definitely teaches me to be more present and appreciate, you know, you work hard for things and sometimes you're so focused on the next step that you don't take a beat to just enjoy. Flex. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, like, take cool. Like I worked hard for this. Let me enjoy this for a moment before I, you know, get back on the grind. For real, That's man. what me and him talking about just being where your feet are. Cause I feel like it's a pro and a con because you're a hard worker and you always want more, but you never smell the flowers when you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. Something that we all got to work on because yeah. I'm the same way yeah. sometimes. He tells me that all the time. Like, I'm always thinking about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And he's like, bro, you did X, Y, and Z. Like, can you just smell the flowers? I'm like, nah. Be present. Like, we got to get after it. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know It's what I'm a saying? bit of a curse of being an aspirational person yeah. to always be worried about what's coming next or are you wasting time? Or, you know, did you miss an opportunity? And I I feel that. It's almost like an anxiety. Like, okay, yes. I'm, not, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And especially if you come from, you know, humble beginnings, it's really hard yes. to appreciate things because yeah. you have this constant fear that it's all going to go away. Mm -hmm. So being at peace with, wow, this is something I accomplished and this is this is cool. Like I worked for this. I, there was a point where I dreamed of times like this, you know? <laughs> right. So let Billy. me just, yeah, let me just take a second in this moment, be where your feet are. And you know, you deserve to do that. And i also, I think over the past few years, as I just mentioned, like we've all gone through a lot of crazy shit. It really slowed us all down. And I think that helps for me at least to be like, okay, I don't, I love what I do, but I don't want to live just to work. Like I want to travel. I want to spend some time with my friends. I want to, you yeah. know, go shopping and buy that thing I wanted to yes, buy. Yes, because you worked hard when for her. Yeah, like, my ass for yeah, exactly. So I do think it's important to, to enjoy the spaces you're in while you're in them also. A thousand percent. So, you know, year after year, there is so many more black women in media and you play a huge role in that being on TV every day, being someone that people look up to. Where do you see the trajectory of black women in media heading? I mean, I'm hoping and I feel like it's trending upwards. Yeah. I think diversity, it has become a very obvious thing that is that is needed but also we've been able to show that it not only works but it sustains and builds audiences it allows for a more diverse audience which of course means more people and you know as black women we had to work the hardest the <laughs> to hardest. get here Twice so we are hard. the most prepared and excellence is the only option so I think it's I think it's been amazing to see the transformation over. I mean, since I've been in this business since I mean, my first internship was 2007. So that was I don't even know how many years ago, but I've seen the business change tremendously. And I think 
I think it's trending upwards. And I think the more the business grows, you know, with gambling and just the, ex the expansion of sports in general, the sports coverage, it just opens up more opportunities and doors. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the work that so many women have done before, you know, my generation and the excellent work that is happening now is just going to continue to open more doors. It's just amazing to see it. Just like, you know, you turn on the TV, see you, you know, Taylor's doing her thing. Yep. Um, Malika Andrews is doing her thing. Mariah Taylor. Yep. She like, it's just so moving to see black women doing amazing in their field. So, yeah. And, I, and representation is so important, as you know. So my hope is, and I'm, I'm sure this is what's happening, that the more that young black women see us on television, that idea that you can do this also i mean that's what it was for me yeah. watching jamel hill mm -hmm. on espn like i was able to see like okay not only is she on television every day she's doing what i want to do which is yeah. give her opinion and she's equal to all the men on the show and for me that was that made me see like believe it could happen right it's so much harder to create something and know you can do something and no one else can see you in that space but when someone's already done it before you and you see the representation of yourself on television that inspires the ability to believe that you can do it and to follow that path. So Absolutely. I'm hoping that that representation helps, you know, inspire young women to be in the business as well. For sure. Like some of my favorite messages that I get, like where when we dropped the Taylor episode, a lot of women contacted me who were trying to get into sports and they were like, yo, that episode really like inspired me. You know, like I I've been having so many doubts, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, that's dope. You know, that's a cool message to get because she probably was really insecure or whatever the case may be. And like, now she feels like I could do this, you know, and Taylor talking about her struggles and you now talking about how hard it is and like <clears throat> what you expect, where you expect the industry to go. Like that's going to help a lot of women. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Cause y'all honestly, y'all do things like twice as good as twice. Like, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Y'all the best. Like, y'all the best. Like, just, no, no doubt. Just being honest. Do you, well, do you feel like, that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, um, do you feel like, being in those shoes now where you dreamed of and planning on and planned on being, do you feel like an extra carried weight being a black woman on TV? Like, do you feel like more pressure? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Especially because I'm in a space of opinion where, you know, everyone doesn't necessarily agree with everything <laughs> that I say all the time, which is fine. But, you know, I have to be prepared. I have to be factually accurate mm. And, you know, excellent all the time. But I'm happy to do that because I know the doors that are being open for other people. And also because I've, I want to do a good job. Like I take what I do seriously. I don't take myself seriously as far as like, you know, all that goes, but I take what I do seriously. Like I'm, I approach my job professionally and I want to do a good job. I want the show to grow. I want the business to grow. And I don't really have the space to be aloof about it. So yeah, there is there is a lot of pressure because I if I want to open the doors for other women, I've got to be an example, not yeah. just for other women, but also to the networks of what this is. You know. By the way, I love your takes. Thank so you. it's it's all yeah. good. <laughs> I love your takes. Yeah. Um, so every bit of success that you've had from the start of your career to now, you've earned completely. But I feel like there's a sect of people that just think your success came because of who your brother is. Do you ever feel undermined because of that? Um, no, I don't because it, honestly, people that sign checks don't care about that. Mm. 
That's I mean, real. That's yeah. they don't. You can be anyone's daughter, sister, brother, son, or cousin, or god kid. If you can't do the job, you might get an opportunity that someone else might not get, but you're not going to keep it. You can't fake your way through this level of what we do. You, right. you just can't. You got to be too elite. Too elite. You have to be able to hang and your live television at a network level on a daily show is not the same. It's just, it's just a different animal. And I've come up all the way from being an intern on a sports talk morning show in Miami to where I am now. I've done every position intern, part-time intern, full-time intern, part-time producer, full-time producer, blogger, uh, freelancer, cover youth sports, uh, cover red carpets, radio, did a radio show last year, podcast, moderator, like whatever, whatever job, uh, shoot, edit, everything, uh, update anchor on the radio, update anchor, anchor on the radio yeah. and television, like whatever job <laughs> there is. Yeah. You're going crazy. Like, I haven't run prompter, so I haven't done that. Although I did learn how to do that in college. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, if that's going to be someone's opinion of me, then that's fine. And I don't, you know, someone else's opinion of me doesn't change who I am. And I mean, my brother's been a big influence in my life. So I'm very grateful that I got to see an athlete's experience from be literally being growing up homeless to becoming a hall of famer, every up and down in between that college, having to make the league. He came in as a third rounder in 1997. It's not like he came in yeah. making right. 35 million a year. You know, he had to earn a spot on the team, keep earning it to getting cut, to getting traded, to retiring trans, you know, transitioning out of the league, all of that, all watching all of those experiences definitely gave me a different perspective on, on sports. Right. So, um, I take, I mean, I, I consider that to be a, a privilege that, I know all those things firsthand when I'm talking about th sports or giving my opinion on these type of things, it's coming from a human place because I've already, I've seen You've that. You've seen so yeah. many. Right. Yeah. That's why your takes are so damn good. Cause <laughs> you know, you. firsthand what it's supposed to, what it looks like. Right. Yeah. I mean like when someone's traded and maybe they struggle initially, you know, when they get somewhere I'm like, yeah, I'm not entirely surprised. This man's family is, hundreds of miles away with mm -hmm. his wife is packing up the house right now. The kids are trying to find out where they're going to go to school. He's got to find out a new way to work. I mean, we were talking about Los Angeles before we started. Imagine moving to LA from like Kansas city. It's you've, the biggest change, yeah, right? Like you've, or, you know, wherever, Green like you've, Bay. you Green Bay, like you've spent your whole career there. Now you're in LA. You've got to find out what part of LA you're going to live in. Where are you going to stay? Are you going to stay where we are now downtown at, at, at level? Or are we going to go, you know, out to the Valley? Like, all of that stuff plays a part in your success because if you're an athlete, routines are extremely important. Mm -hmm. Wake up at a time, you go to the gym, you go work out, you get your massage, this is where you get your smoothie. Like all that stuff matters and it plays a role in your success. And it's that's a perspective that you either have to have lived as an athlete or yep. know that that's what athletes go through. For sure. That's a, yeah. Great, uh, great. Mo moving from cross the country, cross the country, worrying about that while on top of trying to make the team. I think those are all things people don't really don't understand about the athlete and like what they actually got to go through to be successful on top of, like you said, making the team or in his case, being a Hall of Famer. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. many people see athletes like 
not on a human level. They think they're like machines. Like they don't realize like they have to go through real life struggles and like they just have they formulate opinions based off of that stuff without factoring in like they might have to do this. They might have to do that. So like you actually seeing it firsthand makes your takes that much better, you know? Um one thing that I wanted to ask was like you've been in the industry for 15 years, right? So you've worked with a bunch of different personalities, things like that. Who have you learned the most from, you think? Ooh, um hmm. I've I've definitely learned different important lessons from each of the personalities that I've worked with. Yeah. Um Skip taught me a lot about ignoring uh, trolls. <laughs> yeah, he's he real, probably gets he's real good at that. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to be, and whatever you think of, you know, Skip's takes, he's he's gonna give them, and there's gonna be feedback, po- positive or negative, and it's important to, no matter what it is that you're doing, to uh, you know compartmentalize who you're going to take feedback from. So uh, the, you know, he's t- he taught me a lot. I learned a lot in radio in Miami. You know, that's where I became a personality doing radio in Miami. So a lot of the guys that I've worked with in Miami have, have helped shape me there. I mean, I would, I would definitely have to say Colin was a huge influence on me. I mean, he is just the way he prepares for the show. A lot of people think Colin like takes himself very seriously (laughs) and he doesn't, he's, he's actually like a family guy. He loves like kicking it with his wife and his kids and, you know, going to Utah and chilling. And he's, but when it comes to the show, he takes the show very seriously. Like he wants to give a great product to anybody who gives their time to listen to or watch the show. Like he thinks it's our responsibility to do a good show because people are coming to us to watch the show. That's like, what I'm saying. For sure. You know what I mean? So it's like a privilege to be able to do that, and we should take it seriously. And he does a two-hour meeting, prep meeting, before the three-hour show, Sheesh. which a three-hour live show is a – monster that's like, a that's, long time the show i'm on now is an hour and a half long yeah that's twice as long <laughs> it's, Jesus. it's so long and it's live and it's radio it's like a long form format mm-hmm. you really have to prep a lot if you're going to execute that show with the precision that he does every single day and come up with you know stuff to say i mean we did four months from our houses during the pandemic with no Live sports. Yeah. Three hours a day. Jesus. No live sports. How was that? Yeah, that was crazy. I blacked out. I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't know what we did. We, and it lined up kind of perfectly with the NFL offseason. So we just sort of did the show with the mentality that the NFL would happen, which obviously it did. Yeah. Right. Thank God. But so that helped. But aside from that, like he just, his preparation, how much he cares about doing a good show, the way that he looks at a story and finds a way to make it relatable to a lot of people and Mm. consumable. Um, His cadence is very interesting. You know, it's important to, when you're prepared, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say next. Mm. You know, it's almost like giving a, like an oral presentation at school. When you're like not prepared, you're like, um, uh, stuttering, you know, (laughs) yeah, because you don't know what to say because you're not prepared. Yeah. So, his ability to kind of slow things down as well, like not speed through a point, really articulate what he's saying, try to make it relatable to the most amount of people and tell stories. You know, he does a lot of, 
um, comparisons and theories, like real life stuff, like, yeah. you know, if this was a divorce and da 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 da, da or whatever, um, <laughs> in his own Colin way. So I, I definitely learned a lot from working with Colin. Were you, were you being were you scared like the first time you were on national TV for the first time? Oh yeah, I was very very nervous. I can only imagine. I'm just like I used to get nervous the first time we ever did the podcast, we were nervous. I was like I can only imagine being on national TV every yeah. day. I was the very first time I did it, I was nervous. Um and it was actually with Colin. I have the picture. It was my first day <laughs> on air because I was filling in on The Herd. I hadn't been on the show hadn't launched yet. Undisputed hadn't launched yet. So I was the fill in for The Herd. And I just like I can see it in, I remember feeling that way, but you know how when you're nervous, like, do I look nervous? Yeah. I look nervous. I look <laughs> really? like a baby and like my eyes were glossy. Like I wasn't going to cry, but I was like nervous. Oh, like, yeah, that's I'm the like worst feeling. feeling crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And I, don't, I hate feeling nervous. That's why I don't, that's why I prepare so much. Like I right. think prep is the difference between good and great talent. Like you can tell when someone is prepared for something. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the, it makes a world of difference just to know what it is you're talking about. And I also just don't talk about stuff I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know about that. Like, what's the point? I'm not going to, you know, sit here and make right. something up. But, yeah, I was very, very nervous. You probably don't feel those nerves anymore, right? You're just so used to it. I forget I'm on TV sometimes, which is not a good thing. <laughs> like, sometimes I will, I'll, start ta- like, I'll start talking and get, like, into the mode. And I'm like, damn, I hope I didn't say nothing crazy just now because I was really just going off and – I be talking a lot of shit, so maybe I hope that went well. But at least but, you're being yourself, like yeah. you're just normal. You're yeah, normal. yeah. I don't, I don't ever like to get outside of myself, though. I think sometimes, especially when you're doing opinion, you can be really passionate about it, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes I can get you in a little trouble. Yeah, no, riled up. Sure, yeah, sure. Sure. but I, I've done so many shows now, and and I'm so used to it that I, it, yeah, I don't, I don't get nervous anymore. That's mm-hmm. good. So Colin is the person that you learn the most from. Who's the person that you love arguing with the most? arguing with um Colin's actually kind of fun to argue with because he he doesn't really argue because it's not that's not really his thing yeah but we have some really interesting discussions I would say that um I mean me and Emmanuel now will go at it yeah. on the show yeah. every once in a while um Shady and I pretty much align on a lot of stuff so we don't really go back and forth that much um yeah, I mean, I think I think I, I enjoy a a heated, interesting, nuanced discussion with just about anybody. Mm-hmm. I will get kind of excitable though, mm-hmm. so sometimes I think I like <laughs> just back people down because I'm like, ah, you're passionate, yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, fine, you win. <laughs> right, right. But so being in the sports industry and you've been in the sports industry for a while, what's the craziest story or stories that you've heard? Whether that's being around fans, you've been around your brother, like, what's the craziest story that like you've heard? Um, hmm. I don't know. I kind of like I'm I'm sort of a undercover uh source g- getter. Like really? people feel comfortable telling me stuff yeah. because I don't, you don't tell. Talk about it. So, not because I don't want to or I don't use it. I just I'm not a reporter and I feel like reporters are in a different space than I am. Mm. So some people will be like oh like I have a story and whether they're a reporter they'll still put it out there. But I just I don't ever want to be like in that space. Like even if it's coming directly from the person, like no, like this is what happened. I'm like, ah, do I really? I'll let really want to say that? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like I've had sense. people come to me with whole stories. Like you should, like you should put this out there. I'm like, okay, like thank you. Like it's good to know. And then it'll be out next week. They'll be like, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I'm chilling. I'll, yeah, are you I'll ever, let I'll let the reporters. Are do you their job. Are you ever like, why the fuck did you tell me that? <laughs> no, because I 
I appreciate knowing things because I will use that information to form my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I, I won't be like, well, my source said da 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 da, but I'll talk about it because I know about it in a certain, you know, a different type of way. Yep. Like yeah. if I know somebody is really not going to this team, then I can, you know, say yeah, with more confidence, helps. like, nah, I really think it's going to be this team. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I don't like to get into the, the source or story space. People feel comfortable telling me things. And, uh, and I respect that. That's good. So. It means you're a trustworthy person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just like, I don't have any desire to be in that space. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need reporters, obviously, to break stories. Like, that's a very vital part of our business. It's just not my job. And I also think that in order to do that, you have to double source things or triple source things. And uh, Colin actually has a saying, it's better to be right than first. Mm. and so bar that's like that's how i operate as well but i don't even need to be right i just i'll react yeah. <laughs> like, i won't even go that far I'm right like, oh, like that's what happened i had no idea that that was gonna happen <laughs> so um i feel like you're always hearing people's opinions about what you post on social media and i just wanted to know how do you separate being joy taylor on tv from being joy taylor you know, the person when you're not on TV and separating the two and being confident who you are and not really giving a shit about what anyone thinks. Well, I think I just naturally don't really give a shit, but that comes from also like, I'm, you know, I'm 36 years old. So I'm like, well past the whole, like other people's opinion stage. And, and you know, you go through different points in your life where you care more about that. And it's understandable. We all do, but I'm actually a very private person like my private life and my personal time, I really don't share that much on social media. I show like share where I am. I like to share what I'm doing and things like that. But I think social media has become such a monster. Like it's such a living, breathing, ever changing thing that controls so much of our lives now, even not even in sports, just in general, it's just, it's dating, it's business, it's, where you eat, it's where you shop. Like it's so involved in everything that we do that I think particularly if you want to be um, front-facing or talent, you have to decide early in your career how you're going to use and how you're going to consume social media, yeah. and particularly as a woman because you're going to get some more interesting feedback yeah, <laughs> on, everything, that, right. on everything that you do. So for me, I just – I don't – look at it as good or bad. It's just kind of white noise, you know? Like, yeah. I appreciate interacting with fans. Um, I appreciate, you know, reciprocating support and, you know, sharing and all of that. But I don't think we were designed as humans to get this much feedback, positive or negative, on anything that we do. All the time. Right. It is just, it's constant. And if you don't find a way to manage it and kind of compartmentalize, like, okay, this is for me, and this is for everyone else, then it can really, you know, mess with your mental health and how you feel about yourself. Like it's hard. It's hard to post something and have people tell you you look bad right. or yeah. you look stupid or you sound stupid or they, you know, everyone disagrees with you. You just have to sort of set up these blinders for it. And I talk to women in the business about it a lot. And not just women, really, like everyone has to deal with it. So I think you just have to decide what it is, what it's going to be for you and what your cutoff is with it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to give everyone everything. You don't always have to post. You don't always have to respond. And I mean, for me, I used to be much more 
you know, I would clap back. Yeah, right. Yeah, I right. love that. I love that. Pretty yeah. violently. <laughs> like snapping. You yeah. Snapping As you should, them. though. Yeah, but I've actually cut back on it, not because I don't, you know, still have the ability to, but one, I really, I got to the point where like, I'm just too busy to right. be checking in on what y'all think <laughs> about, right, this, right. about this particular thing. Like, it's almost weird. Like now that I've sort of curated it, I, I only have people that I, like all I see is like either positive or like people who are actually trying to have conversation as opposed to trolls. So maybe the filters are very good. But I also think, you know, people are just going to say what they want to say, regardless of I'm not fixing anybody. I'm not enlightening anyone. Yeah. Not on not on social media. It social media is almost impossible place to have nuanced conversations. You and I can sit here and talk about any topic and I can feel passionate about it and you can feel passionate about it. But we're humans and we know each other. And even if we totally disagree, you're not gonna be like, fuck you, bitch, go die. Right. <laughs> you're not gonna say something I'm crazy. Right. Like wow. you're not gonna do that. But people really be saying but people that shit. People do that on yeah. social media. Like Otherwise, normal people, because they feel this level of anonymity mm-hmm. and this bubble because they're on social they're media. They're safe. They're safe. They feel safe. Right. And like, yeah. but also, what would make you say, why would you, why would you want me to die? say that? Because you disassociate me being a human being, you know, with, with just you wanting to be right about your opinion. And that's whatever topic it is, like sports, social issues, women's issues, politics, traffic, whatever it is. And that's just not the human to human conversation thing. You can be like, well, I feel this way because, you know, my grandfather, da, 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 da. And I can be like, well, I feel this way because I, and then maybe we meet in the middle or maybe we don't. Yeah. But let me just go about, about our day and you go get a coffee and I go home. Like that's real life conversation. That's a nuanced conversation. It's very difficult to have those on social media because it's a tweet. It's only this long. I'm not reading a whole, th- I don't, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? I don't want to hear the explanation, <laughs> right. you know, and no one else does either. So it's, I think it's important to decide what's going to be for you and what's going to be for everyone else and just be at peace with some people are just not going to like you. And some people are going to say horrible things to you and you're going to be that. fine. Yeah. Something that Taylor said to me that always resonates with me. Literally, if she doesn't say anything else, I will always remember that she says social media is not a real place. It's not. Like it's yeah. just not real. And people put so much into social media where they drive themselves insane. And she was like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not a real place. And when she said that to me, I was like, damn. Like if you really think about it, about it like that, it's really not. It's not. It's not real. It's not a place for real conversation. I mean, we all respect what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Social media has changed our lives. It has a lot of positive things to it. It started whole movements. It's changed policies. Like it has a lot of great attributes and it has a whole dark side as well. So with anything in life that is that volatile, you have to be able to stay ten toes down in who you are and not let it create I mean, we've seen people transform form on social media yeah, yeah, I, I was leaving work today cracking up like the worst is when you know who somebody really is and Mitch. then you see them on social media and you're like clapping hands emoji for whatever it is that you're doing i right. guess like i'm gonna let you do you i'm not getting involved but it, it can let it can really change your personality to just try and constantly get this affirmation it's from, like an alter ego right yeah. from like as sailor said from a not a real place these people would not get in their car and drive over to check on you if you needed them they're not that's real that's not real so uh, that's facts um so you've talked about in the past being in a abusive relationship you've talked about growing up in an abusive household um, obviously you being a woman in this industry and then on top of that you being a black woman in this industry do you feel like 
survive I shouldn't say surviving like conquering all that stuff is where your power and all your confidence comes from um you can say surviving um I prefer survivor over victim so okay yeah I think survivor is appropriate or conquering um yeah I think going through anything in life you know it makes you stronger and more resilient particularly if you take the time to heal and invest in yourself in that way through, you know, therapy and, you know, taking the proper steps to take care of yourself, but also learning lessons from those situations to, you know, help avoid them in the future and help, you know, educate other people and, you know, awareness and giving back. I think all those things help to, you know, form your story as yeah. opposed to letting it become a negative thing in your life. So, yeah, I mean, growing up that way definitely forms the independent side of me where I feel very much like I will never fully rely on someone else, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, I think anyone who's had any sort of abandon abandonment or abuse or have dealt with, you know, a parent that had uh, substance abuse problems or anything like that, like you grow this callus to help survive in those situations. And it's hard to sort of shed that, as you become an adult, because you know that that's what your life can be if you're that subject to another person's um, depravities or, you know, shortcomings or mental illness or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely is a part of who I am. And it took a long time for me to be able to talk about it publicly. But the more I think I talk about it, not only do I always get feedback from people who aren't ready to talk about it who then feel ready to talk about it because they see someone else talking about it yeah. which is a big part of how i was able to to get involved in the first place i was in an, uh, in an abusive relationship and a friend of mine took me to an event for domestic violence survivors and i was listening to all these women tell these insane horrific stories of being like kidnapped and all kinds of just crazy stuff and they were just speaking about it so calmly and this collected and like walked everyone through what happened and how they were able to get out of it and what happened and what they did and the steps that they took. And it definitely put me in a space where when you're in situations like that, you feel like you're totally alone. Like no one else is going through this in the world, mm -hmm. which you know is not true, but that's how you feel. And on top of that, you're isolated from everyone. You're, you're being torn away from the things that you love or the, the person that you are. And so now talking about it and you know, having people know this is a part of my story, it makes it easier to not only like heal from all of those past traumas, but also help other people because I know that people hearing it will like put them in a space where they feel comfortable just knowing like they're not alone. Like other yeah. people go through this all the time, no matter where, what they look like, where they're from, if they're rich, if they're not rich, where they live, it doesn't matter. It's all over the world. It happens all the time, unfortunately, but it's it's not something that's just happening to you. I really appreciate appreciate your realness because I just feel like there's not a lot of people who have your perspective or are willing to give that perspective in terms of, like you said, going to go get help or going to therapy, something that I think people of color all need to do. Um, you know, I go to therapy. I think it's amazing. It's helped me. And after going to therapy, I would literally tell everyone, everyone should go. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I'm proud real. of you. And like, that means a lot. Yeah. I'm happy you're here. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah. I think therapy is it's it's very important it's hard i think to take the first step into therapy because you feel like you're admitting something's wrong with you and because we're all survivors 
in some way from something mm-hmm. you are it's it's almost like admitting <clears throat> that you're broken or that you need help and that feels like an ego shot almost like i'm i'm tough like i've survived this i got it on my own i don't need this but that's why i don't really like to call it mental health it's just health because if your foot was broken you would not tough it out. (laughs) You (laughs) would go to the doctor and get your foot fixed. If you were throwing up every single day, you would go to the doctor and find out what's wrong. If If you couldn't sleep, like if anything was going on with your body that caused you that kind of physical pain or or discomfort, you would go get it fixed because it would be nagging at you. It would be prohibiting you from living a full life. But for some reason, when it comes to mental health and our emotions, we just stigmatize it we right. push it down you know we just push it like it's good it's cool like no it's not you're not good like you can't get through the day you're missing out on life you're not able to have real relationships you're damaging your job or your friendships or your you know your partner's relationship you're causing yourself harm and you're deteriorating because you won't go get help mm-hmm. and when you look at it that way as opposed to looking at it as i'm you know there's something wrong with me like there is something wrong with you, but that's okay it's because okay. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been to the doctor before. We've been to the dentist. We've been to the eye doctor. Like <laughs> right. it's it's part of your body, and it's arguably the most important part of your body because if your brain is not working properly, if your emotions aren't working properly, you can't do anything else. So I I think that if we start talking about it that way, along with a lot of you know other <laughs> stigmas that we need to you know get rid of. For real. But I think it does help to change the perspective of it like if i don't feel good i can't do anything else like i can't be myself Mm -hmm. i can't be good at work i can't be good in my relationships i can't be positive i can't work to my for my future i can't sleep like it affects everything that you do so it's therapy isn't just for you know trying to fix traumas like sometimes you're good and you should still go to therapy just Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you're you know establishing positive habits and you're not falling into old habits like it's just a tune-up sometimes and that's okay too that was one thousand percent million percent so if you could describe your life in one word or one phrase what would you say if i could describe my life in one word or phrase um hmm i've never that's a good question i don't know See, I wasn't prepared for that one. Uh, one word or phrase. I would say, I would say in, intentionally fun. Like I really like to enjoy myself, but I also have a very serious plan for my life, and I'm very big on boundaries, thanks to therapy. So, <laughs> so Love I that. do, I do every. I do a lot of what I do with intention, but I also have like a cutoff with that where I'm just like, all right, I'm a wild out a little bit. Right. As you should, as you should. I'm just chill and enjoy myself. So I, I really like to live life. Like I love to travel. I love to go out. Like I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to enjoy my life, but I also really have a lot of things that I want to accomplish and I'm very aspirational. So it's sort of those two kind of pillars rising with each other of like that's my balance yeah. is like when i'm done working and i'm done work i'm done with all this i'm gonna go enjoy myself and it's not about work right now 
but when I'm focused, like that's what I need to do. So, yeah. I was I was gonna ask you how do you like to piggyback off what you said? How do you find time to make time for yourself? Like, do you intentionally force it? Is that something you had to work on? Was it always work, work, work? Or like how like how'd you find that time for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously reaching a certain level in your career helps, you know, when you're not grinding for, yeah. you know, to make sure that you don't overdraft your account, you know, there's, it makes it a little easier to relax. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, de depending on where you are in life and, you know, gratefully I am at a place now where I can relax a little bit, um, that helps. But also, you know, it's like we talked about earlier when, mm -hmm. when you have a certain upbringing or you come from a certain place, you have this anxiety of losing everything or, you feel like you have to get every dollar's worth of something because, you know, you have this scarcity complex. And I think working through that, like, okay, it's okay to spend some money on this because you have the money and you mm -hmm. want the, to enjoy this and you should because you worked for it and it's okay. And just do that and don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And say, I don't need to do all of this tonight. I can do some of this tomorrow because I have time tomorrow to do that. So we're going to, we're going to put that down. <laughs> we're gonna go right. enjoy so like sometimes you have to kind of train yourself if you, and I came up in the like girl boss era where it's like work all the time. Do not take any time off. Do not like stay late. Do, do the yeah. extra stuff. And in some ways I'm grateful for that because I do have a really strong work ethic and I love what I do. So I'm happy to pour into that because I feel like I'm pouring into myself. But there, you should also enjoy your life. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also a very American thing to be like almost have a work fetish where we're just like work is the number one thing in your life. Like, no, your family is the number one thing in your life and your partner is the number one thing in your life and your kids and your friends and uh, you like, yeah. what do you want to do? What do you work so hard for if not to enjoy the people in your life and enjoy the city you live in and enjoy everything that they're paying you <laughs> whatever you're, they're paying you to go enjoy. So you do kind of have to, to break away from that a little bit and the, you know, shut out some of those anxieties. I think I did for sure. And I know a lot of women in the business um, and particularly black women, because we have to do so much more that it's very scary to like, okay, let's just take the foot off. The yeah. Yeah, let's just ease chill. back a little bit. Like let's take that week vacation you're actually not replaceable. So right. <laughs> you're going to be fine. Like you'll, the, it'll be there for you when you come back. And, um, yeah. So I just have to kind of force myself to have a balance. Cause life is so short. You got to enjoy it. Yeah. Can't get so wrapped up making a career that you forget to make a life, you know? No, that's real. Yeah. And I mean, if you pick the right career and you do something that you love and enjoy, then it's, it feels like not such a harsh balance, you know, cause mm -hmm. you are enjoying yourself at work. You do something you love. You enjoy going there. You enjoy pouring, you know, like I said, like doing the extra work, you're pouring into yourself. So there is a, you know, there's a benefit to that. And that's why you should do something that you love. You should really strive to have a passion for your career because then you aren't completely like one person right. here and one person here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there should be time in your life when you are truly not working. Yeah, for sure. So this show is called The Second Win, right? And a goal of ours is so people who listen can take advice from our guests that might help them catch their second win in life, right? And we usually ask one question, but since your story is so impactful, we have two for you. Okay. Special. You're special. Actually, you're special. <laughs> you're the first one. So um, the first one is just what advice can you give to women 
who are trying to, you know, get their foot in the door in this crazy male dominated sports industry. Be exactly who you are. Do not change your personality. Don't change your hair. Don't change how you dress. Don't don't dim your light down for anyone, no matter what they tell you to do. And you will get told to do it. And I like I've been asked to dial back at points in my career. And I will be honest, I did because I was asked to, and I was not at the point in my career where I felt comfortable being like, yeah, okay, no. <laughs> um, but now I, I am, and it's the best version of yourself that you're going to be particularly as a talent, but really in any career or any space, especially in the creative space is who you are. The most successful people in these spaces are unique they're not the same. How many of the top, top people in any business are like, yeah, they're basically the same. No, they are very unique. They might have similar qualities in work ethic or similar qualities and like they shop at the same designer store or something, but they're very unique people and they lean into what they do and don't try to necessarily duplicate someone else's blueprint, you know, right. for who they are. So I think you can take things in inspiration. You can study how people prepare, like study how Colin prepares or pay attention to how people deal with feedback or, you know, th okay, this person, this, they like to, you know, source from this, that makes sense. They like to source from interviews. Like, okay, I'll, that's a good tip. I'll, you know, I'll integrate that into what I do, but be authentic to who you are because it's going to happen to you throughout your career that people are going to try and peck away from your lights. And that's your most valuable asset like what makes you you what makes you authentic is the most valuable thing you have mm -hmm. you are different than everyone else you do bring something different to the table you are unique and don't make yourself like someone else because someone else is looking for that you will find that someone will be willing to be that and they won't be as good yeah and you don't want to play a character like you, you don't want to be someone else's personality that's exhausting you want to wake up every day and be who you are and you're going to have to perform anyway. Like when you're on camera, you're up a little bit, you know, like you're you, but it's like you at 110. Right. Because yeah. the camera and all this just like takes energy out. So you want to be you all the time, like having to be a whole different character and be up. Like that's, that's not how you want to come up through your career. So be authentically. You don't apologize for who you are. That was a beautiful answer. Amazing. <laughs> that Amazing. was a beautiful answer. Um, the second question that we have is, what advice would you give to you know someone else dealing with being in an abusive relationship or growing up in an abusive household? Well, one, you're you're not alone. It's it's unfortunately very common, but the feeling when you are being abused is that this is something that is not happening to anyone else. That no one will understand you. That it's never going to end, and there's no there's no answer or a way out. Um, I mean, if you are obviously, you know, a, in a parent's abusive situation, that's like a whole different conversation, obviously. But if it's a, you know, a, a partnership or relationship that is abusive, I think it's important to surround yourself with resources that will help you and support you into getting out. It's not easy to break from an abusive relationship. I think the conversations that we've had, particularly in sports, because Ray Rice was the first time that I actually talked publicly about what happened to me. I think the, the conversations around physical abuse have definitely evolved over the years, like be, because of that incident and you know because of a lot of the 
conversations that we've had since it's definitely become there's a lot more awareness of how damaging and how frequent these incidents are and situations are but one of the things that I still think people don't understand is how hard it is to get out of an abusive relationship because it doesn't happen overnight. Like if someone just walked up to you and punched you in the face and said, will you be my girlfriend? You would not date them. Yeah. That's just, that's not how abusers present themselves. They present as the, they morph into whatever your dream person is women and men because mm -hmm. men experience abuse as well. Right. And you, they just don't present as that. So it is a slow stripping of your personality. It's a slow stripping of your access to other people. Maybe they start trying to control your finances or they want to put your car in their name or there's just all these small manipulative things that build up to a full on abusive relationship where you feel like you have no control. And there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of um, nonprofit organizations and organizations that work to provide resources to help you get out, whether it be, you know, you don't have a place to go. There's shelters. There are therapists available that you can talk to. There are women who, you know, will, will give you access to the tools that they use. Men, likewise. Um, you know, there's there's a whole gamut and world of of access and resources available to you. So don't feel like you're alone or that there's nothing you can do. And understand that there's a shame associated with going back, but you probably are going to go back because it's a very, very hard cycle to break. And the mental space that you're in when you're in an abusive relationship, you're not yourself. Like I said, if yeah. you met a girl on the sidewalk <laughs> and she kicked you and then was like, let's go get a drink. Right. Yeah, I'm not, you cannot do that. Like, that's right. not how it works. So the 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 stripping of your personality, the stripping of your power is a big part of how abusive relationships happen. On top of bringing awareness like as a whole as a society, do you think we're getting better? I think we this is this been a it's been a tough year to ask me for <laughs> I'm like every time I turn any get on any device, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> right, uh, right. It's very frustrating. I'm exhausted. Guys, can we settle down, please? I do think that we are getting better at the physical abuse conversation. I think we have a long way to go with sexual abuse and sexual assault. Like we are yeah. not Yeah, no, yeah. We're not in that space at all to to have those conversations in a in a nuanced and like educated informed and empathetic empathetic way i will say the the ray rice situation did change a lot because of the video yeah. like that publicly like it was out there right uh, like people being able to see that uh, and unfortunately that's that's how some education happens like people need to see that it happened yeah for them to believe like oh wow this is this is what that looks like especially if you've never been in an abusive situation like if you've had an abusive parent or you've seen abuse around you, you know how possible that is. But if you don't ever experience violence, it's it's hard to articulate to people like, no, this absolutely happens this violently. Like this is a mm -hmm. real thing that happens. So I do think that and some of the policies that some of the leagues have implemented, some of the awareness and education yes. and conversations that yep. have had have, have happened um have have moved it along we still have some work to do but i do think it's i do think it's grown most definitely yeah, yeah. for sure well joy thank you so much for joining us today we are so happy 
Yeah, that I don't know. Amazing. You you snapped. Like, yeah, you that, went crazy. Yeah. You probably might have been the best joint we had. No disrespect to nobody else. You were snapping on the camera. That was amazing. Thank you so much. We want to tell you we really appreciate you coming on here. For anybody watching, just... Like, subscribe, all like, that, man. subscribe, comment, tell your grandma, tell your sister, <laughs> auntie, tell your, your auntie, doggy, tell your pet turtle. To, to all you know that. I mean? Make sure in. you tune in on FS1 to watch her show. Yeah, yeah tune in you. on Please, FS1, man. Big Joy supporters. got the fire takes. We got Miss Joy Taylor. Love you, Joy. Appreciate you, Love you guys. Appreciate you. Of course, Second anytime. Win, we out, gang. <laughs>